Welcome to the Anytime Notebook, um, a festive period special. If you're new here, welcome along. Um, weekly podcast, the sole aim of solving anytime goal scorer puzzles in the Football League. We're going to focus on set pieces, overlapping fullbacks, midfielders, masquerading as number 10s, all that type of stuff. Big price winners, hopefully. Long losing streaks, no doubt about it. But welcome aboard. Say hello on Twitter if you are new. Get involved on the website, theanytimenotebook.com. Joining me as always... At set piece here on Twitter, John Bywater. John, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Gav, and all the listeners. Um, no, no fullbacks, though, please. No fullbacks. No fullbacks. We know they're um, overpriced. We know they're bad. Bad. deliver. Yeah, bad for bad for health. Uh, another New Year's resolution. We should probably do something around New Year. Think things not to get overly excited about. But yeah, masquerading fullbacks is definitely. I've realised. I've just. I'll put one up this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a few. That, I thought. Oh dear. There was a few that got away as well. Later on, we'll talk about. Um, yeah, Connor Bradley scored for for Bolton. He finally kind of opened the floodgates and has scored. So, um, so yeah, those, those rampaging attacking fullbacks and wingbacks are bad for the health, but sometimes good for the good for the bank balance. Um, but we good plenty of action over the next few weeks. We'll try and we're looking at Boxing Day today, John. But we'll we'll try and maybe get another pod up during midweek as well because we've got they come thick and fast and plenty to review and plenty to look forward to. Um, should we do a bit of reflecting on last week first off? Yeah, um, well, from me, dreadful. No Robovax being purchased, not even a feather duster, I think. Um, yeah, before, thanks for the uh, excellent merchandise you sent, by the way. Very kind of you. Um, gifts, I gifts believe that is available. Yes. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. um, collector's gifts. item, possibly. Actually, it's, um, I, unfortunately, I can't pay you, as you know, but I can ply you with some smartly positioned sales merchandise to promote the um the, the 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 brand i guess of the anytime notebook so yeah as always my pleasure but yeah well deserved thanks john no good stuff mate um yeah i can't, there was so much going on last week especially for me the championship was absolute tax of notes really um the one game that i thought was well i thought the coventry game was the most interesting but i'll let you talk about that probably both games this week were interesting weren't they um a good, a good week but the the blackpool blackpool side um as we sort of suspected cardiff didn't get anything set piece wise but they did have 22 shots cardiff mm-hmm. um and I thought, I watched back the first half, extended highlights, and they absolutely battered them. I don't know how they didn't, how they weren't further ahead. Um, so I was quite encouraged by that from a, I think Blackpool very vulnerable at the moment. Um, so, yeah, what about the Cov game? Because that was, a, as they say, a game of, well, it wasn't really two halves, was it? But It's like, yeah, an hour, an hour and a bit, and then, and then things changed. It, it, Jonathan Panzo scored, which was, it, it, it felt like that week, actually, a week where long since forgotten notebook alumni managed to, you know, they reminded us they exist. And I think Panzo kind of falls into into that bracket. He had a, another really good chance midweek as well. So hit the bar on uh, against West Brom in midweek as well. Yeah, I saw that. But score, you know, I think the... Um, He's probably back in the stable, I guess, for for the notebook twenty five to one against Sheffield United on Boxing Day. But yeah, it was a you know amazing game last week. Easy to say, a cliche to say, probably. But even after we got the third, you could just sense immediately all around the ground. We just kind of switched off. We were second to every challenge. We just kind of you know Swansea just don't change, do they? They 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 still play it nice and short. They keep they keep possession. Um, you could sense that even at three nil up, that the 
the mindset around the game had completely changed. I think if Robbins looked back on it, he probably should have made a few changes and, and made things a bit fresher before we did. But yeah, the first one went in, second one went in. In the end, in the end, the three points against West Brom in midweek makes the point against Swansea not seem so bad. So four points out of that week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm telling everyone, I, you know, it's our it's our job to be as objective as possible, right? And I tend not to get too emotional. As the fact that we put up Nathan Wood last week against Coventry, but uh, yeah, listen, if listeners want my backing around this Coventry side, the single best footballing side I've seen in 20 years, and I'd be amazed if we weren't in the you know, in the top six from everything that I've seen in this championship. So um, some good times ahead and good to get the the, the monkey off our back because West Brom are normally about to remind us that we're not quite as good as what we think we are, but we were mm. as what we think we are on Wednesday. And um, yeah, but we, we, we built up, you know, we, I put up Nathan Wood last week for that kind of anti- Coventry minus McFadden kind of set piece angle. It's definitely still a thing. You know, Cabango missed a free header early on. Darling's had a couple of chances late on when they're admittedly chasing the game. But I think midweek West Brom are nowhere near the threat without Bartley. So probably not a good yeah. spot for, for us to kind of showcase. You know, if he, if he did start, then he'd be, he'd be well on the list. But so, still worth following, I think. Which is good timing, I guess, because they play what Sheffield United on Boxing Day. And John Egan was another one of those that you know, long since forgotten, but reminded us that, that he existed. First goal in over a year. John, you showed me 420 betting slips where he was covered in most <laughs> markets. So hats off to you. Um, First winner since the old King died. But uh, no, you, you put you put him up and so did, I think uh, George and Ali put him up, didn't they, on the, uh, not the top 20 podcast. And uh, yeah, I saw yeah. quite, I seemed to be part of by everyone, which probably explained why he was gambled on late. I did wonder what happened to the price. Um, but no, I just, I don't know. It's just one of those, I'll be honest. It, I just looked at the price on a, because it was a Monday game. And I thought, uh, at that price, I'll give him another spin, you know. Um, this was in the morning, very early. and You were. What, you I were don't, yeah, I don't you know. You were more pleased than me that we got a goal before 10 minutes. I, I'd backed him any time, but I'd also <laughs> yeah, bought his right. goal minutes at three. So an eighth <laughs> minute. That's, that's was, awful. That's bad. <laughs> I'll find, I'll find something to moan about, even if we've, even if we're back to winner. But um, but yeah, you you were, you were shrewd enough to back him under ten minutes as well, which was uh, which was. But it's, it's, it's the old adage, really, isn't it? If you look at that chance, it wasn't a great chance, was it? No. It was a uh, how since he last scored, how many chances do you reckon that in theory you were better than that? Probably ten. Um, Absolutely, maybe. Yeah. So you know, as we always say, you just need to be on at the right time, and it was a great, great header. I'm not taking away from him, but it wasn't like a by any means a good chance really so mm. uh, Jack Armour um, popped up for Carlisle on Tuesday oh, night as well Jack. didn't he yeah. that's been a while since we talked about yeah, it yeah it's uh, going back to the summer really isn't it um, yeah. yeah he just, just popped up uh, Jimmy Dunn was another one that I, I seem to put him into the group of defenders he just seems to score if you know what I mean he, he's, mm. he doesn't I know it sounds silly, but he's not peppering lots of chances. But when he does get a chance, they uh, whether it's just a, a small sample, he does seem to net every now and then, doesn't he? Mm. Um, the, the only um, the ones that got away um, opposing Bristol Rovers. So yeah, <laughs> raised my oh, eyebrows yeah, and my eyes on the Nodded in for for Charlton last week. Yeah, I don't know why I missed that. I mean, uh, I think I did mention Innes about a month ago, I did, um, yeah. and he'd had. He's actually been very good um, relatively 
in his chances the last month, six weeks, and I don't know how I missed that. I just completely missed the game. It, that was a bit of a kick myself. Moment a lesson there, I guess, because it, it was it's easy yeah. just to write off Charlton as you know some <laughs> particular dysfunctional time for for that football club and what's going on there. But um, but hey, yeah, you you set piece threat whether the, the club's in turmoil or not. So um, I, I, Connor Bradley as well. We mentioned him earlier. Broke the seal now for Bolton. Only what three and three and six. Going off half the price at when we mentioned him, uh, you know, a couple of we, when we mentioned him at tens when he didn't score, but now he does score. That's that's that, that's that's cliched. Anytime notebook mm. podcast uh, for you, listen. It we will we'll back him at. We're happy to back him at tens when he's a loser every week, but that's <laughs> now, right, he's, yeah. now he's four or five to one. Week. You know, we take the moral high ground and say, well, I can't back him at that price. But yeah, he seems to have uh, broken the seal and. Um, He's doing well. He's just, he, uh, state the obvious, but he's at least, he's already at least a championship player, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He can just, it just sits very calm when he gets these chances. He's not thrashing at them. Um, and I was slightly surprised that I think they're going to keep him for the season. I wondered whether they would want him to go to a higher level, but I suppose he's playing all the time, isn't he? And him improving, so. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned, we share our notes before the, before the recording, MK Don's, Against Portsmouth, uh, I guess. Yeah. Two views on that. Are you, do you want to take the, the 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 plus MK Don's point of view? But that they look like uh, they're, you know, a couple of set pieces yeah, in recent games. Uh, yeah, you, you look at it because I did look at them this week, and I thought well, they've scored. You know, like you say, in both the last games and set pieces. But like like you've said in your notes, when the Tucker goal was just a shambles from Portsmouth, wasn't it? Um, does that show that MK Dons are suddenly a massive force from set pieces? Not for me, really. Um, slightly strange there. They seem to be rotating interim managers. You've had <laughs> Dean Lewington was in charge Sorry, last yeah. week. Bradley Johnson was in charge in midweek. And David Martin seems to be next in line. I mean, I'm sure all three of them are doing it. And obviously Lewington's still a regular player. So mm. is Johnson, to be fair. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not sure really... <laughs> As I say, when I've looked at it, I've not really thought. Uh, maybe the, uh, so I've heard a few interviews, and the players have said that they're playing a bit more of a basic game because I think Manning was trying to, you know, make them into Man City, you know, mm. and it didn't just didn't work. Especially players like Tucker. Tucker was interviewed mm. saying he'd never played like that before, um, and he just he, not that he couldn't handle it, but he, he couldn't adapt to it. Yeah, uh, and he was really struggling on the ball, which a lot of people I've seen a lot of fans mm-hmm. say that for him. Um, so it's good to see him score because we we did like him at one point. We but did. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't take I wouldn't take a massive positive view on MK Dons yet, just from those two goals. But mm, I thought that I thought the Portsmouth view was the interesting one. You know, those two yeah, goals. Sure. That was uh, you know off the back of that we you know you're going to talk about Wickham later on, but off the back of the Mawson chances that we mentioned the week before against Wickham, I went back and had a further look. You know, three quarters of a goal xG against Derby from set pieces. It, on my notes, you know, only Fleetwood conceding more xG from set pieces in the last three than Portsmouth. Um, certainly looks like there's something to get out there. Exeter on Boxing Day probably the wrong side to to move all in with, but Ipswich the the game after that is going to be a big spot to keep an eye on when the when the prices come up. But yeah, I thought Portsmouth are the movers over the last few weeks on a from a set piece vulnerability point of view. Um, we I think one of the one of the good things to look forward to at this time of year is there's plenty of Boxing Day narratives 
I was very excited, John, when you told me midweek that you've been scouring the, the Boxing oh. Day history. I think you've come up with a few. It feels like a system, right? If you're, if uh, you, it's the Boxing Day system. Yeah, that feels like something. Like, you know, you, you always turn up or you're feeling particularly festive and getting on the end of chances. Uh, who was who did you um, who did you uh, rattle off in your list of <laughs> people with a history of scoring on Boxing uh, Day? This is, um, yeah, I, was, I, was, I still wasn't feeling great at the start of the week, so I, I decided to spend a few hours looking at this, and I did actually sleep afterwards, so it's, it's quite good. <laughs> um, and listeners will probably be sleeping after this, or if they're not already. Uh, yeah, I've looked through the last four, about four seasons, really, in the championship Um the only name, well, a couple of names stood out. Michelle Hellick um, actually scored a brace on Boxing Day in 2020. Uh, ironically enough, against his current employer, Huddersfield. Now, if you look at Hellick, last few games, 0.22 XG, uh, nothing against Sheffield United, fair enough, 0.2 XG and 0.12. So that's pretty good for the last four games for a centre-back. <laughs> Uh, Preston are definitely not the ideal opponents, but they have been leaking the odd in the odd game recently. And I have promised myself away from Huddersfield players. Uh, he's he's last time I checked, he's drifting. He's I think 18's top price. If 20s gets dangled, I, I might have a go there. Um, again, I so I don't really like the matchup. Now the the main one that I've sort of dug out here that I had no idea about this. Um, Let's introduce a new name who's been playing in the league for years, so he's not a new name, but he is to this pod. It's Alan Brown, mm-hmm. the uh, Preston midfielder who play anywhere, really. Now, he's been injured for the last few games, which is a bit of a problem, but from what I've read, it looks like he could be back, so it's worth keeping an eye on the teams. Now, you could say he likes this day a little or actually a lot. Now, let's go back to 2018. I'm sure you remember this, Gavin. He scored against Hull on Boxing Day. That's, um, I remember. I yeah, got. You, you, remember, got you remember all the goals. I got a Sky Electrics the day before. I was still playing it. I think. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sure yeah. The guarantees just run out. That's it. Um, if you roll on twelve months from that, he scored the opener away at Leeds on. Yeah, you, you guessed it. Boxing Day. <laughs> now I don't know what happened in twenty twenty. I forget about that. But did he let anyone down in twenty twenty one? I hear you all cry. No, he notched the only goal in the ninety seventh minute versus Derby. So that's three three in the last four. Um, he scored six times last season. He's yet to score this season. He has been out for a few games, like I say. Uh, can't really resist the Boxing Day four-timer <laughs> if he starts. Um, now, the way I, I will play him, he's not a big price. He's about 11-1 to 1 first scorer. But if he... If he starts, I'll probably just play him first score only because I don't think he'll play the 90. And if he doesn't start, then uh, make a note in your merchandise books <laughs> for next year. Well, uh, depending on how this goes, I might mention it again or we'll probably forget about it because it, nothing's happened from it. <laughs> so Alan, Alan Brown is the big name. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Uh, League One, there's a couple. Scott Fraser, the uh, I like to describe him as a mercurial player. Um He's got a couple in the last three boxing days and he seems to have found a bit of form for Charlton in the last month. Uh, he's not prolific, certainly these days, but he's got that quality and he's about six to one best price, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean McConville is not going to be playing, but he has had a very good boxing day record, but he's out injured, sadly, still for Atkinson. Now you'll like this one, Gav, you will like this one. Dan or Daniel Dan or Daniel Scar. Ah yes. 
Oh, he's very, very quiet this season. Very quiet. But his first and only career brace was, you guessed it, on Boxing Day 2020. He came up uh, in conversation this week with a, I was a, um, a listener to the pod, Steve Freeth, who, who, you know, has been on oh, the pod. I knew Freeth would know. We were chatting at the West Brom game in midweek and yeah, he noticed that Dan Scar had a good couple of chances against Morecambe the week. Yes, he's, uh, yes, he's there's signs, albeit against Morecambe, he had three separate chances, like you said. Um, Cheltenham, not the ideal matchup again, but he, I don't, I'm a bit. He's very quiet this season, especially compared to last. So mm-hmm. either that's going to change soon, or it's not. But just that Boxing Day brace did catch my eye a little bit. Excellent. So there's a few. There's a few names there. Um, people might want to do a silly little multi on uh, Helek uh, Brown if he plays uh, Fraser and Scar. So. Um, like it. There you go. Like a little, it can be the anytime notebook, kind of Boxing Day testimony. It's, a, it's the, day the point at which we we get all the money in the in the um, in the wallet for the for the week ahead. It's like it's just for the it's like a benefit, some kind of benefit game for you know, Boxing Day, and there must be something in it. Yeah, there must be you know stepping out into training on Christmas Day, Alan Brown thinking, my time of year this is. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I better actually play. Yeah, <laughs> so. I'll turn. I'll earn a contract. Make sure I'm still yeah, pressed yeah. during January. Yeah. Um, let's. I tell you what. There, there's a few. Um, there's a few that didn't quite make the list. Let's go through those after we've given our naps and our next best though, John, for the um, for Boxing Day. Um, you start us off as always. So, where are we going for your nap for Boxing Day? Okay, Gav, do you ever find yourself saying, what's it all about? What's life all about? What's this all about? Do you ever say that to yourself? I do. I have it humming in my mind to a well-known song. Yep. That's right. Um, now, is it all about Alfie May? No, it's not, because um, he's, he's an attacking player and we don't put those up. <laughs> are there any other Alfies in the Football League? Probably, but I've forgotten them, if there are. So, the nap is Alfie Mawson. Yeah. Groans at the back there for um, <laughs> Wickham against Bristol Rovers. 25 to 1. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. This is um, this is madness. Anyway, I said a month or so ago that I thought Wickham, it was make or break time for them. And they have since then produced sort of old school Wickham wins, I'd say, against Pompey and Ipswich. And they're now, they're now right back on the edge of the playoff picture. Uh, as we sort of discussed earlier, we all know about Bristol Rovers' frailties. And it was pretty galling to see Innis notch last weekend. Um, but, you know, it does kind of prove what we already knew, that they are vulnerable. Now, um, Mawson, no goals this season, uh, of course. It's one of my selections. Uh, that we, do, we, don't, we don't like them to score. <laughs> Uh, but he does have 1.3 xG, which is perfectly acceptable. In fact, it's pretty good for this time, this part by this part of the season for a defender. He's not played every game either. But recently, first of all, we outed Chris Farino Joseph from the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like he's formed a really good partnership with Tafasoli. Uh, Tafasoli was missing against Ipswich, and he looked like he really led the defence well because he. He was playing centre back alongside Jack Grimer or Jack Jack Grimer, however you, however you pronounce it. Um, 
which on paper it looked a, quite a weakened back four, but it looks like he had a really cracking game there. Now, is there anyone else in League One that you could say this about? His, his last two career goals were against Leicester. Yes, Le- Leicester City and Liverpool. <laughs> so, in yeah, 2017, 2018. Uh, okay, he's been, he was out injured for about two years, so it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, in the league, we don't talk about on this pod. So, yeah. It's um yeah it's just uh, I just found that mildly interesting. I think he's too soon, um, and I just I can't really understand why he's the biggest price on the board for Wickham. Um, he's certainly not. He certainly shouldn't be on all the evidence we can see. So it's Alfie Mawson at twenty five to one. Love it. Could be a he was those chances were on the TV, weren't they? Wickham against Portsmouth as well. So he's um yeah, shouldn't even make, should have made plenty of people's notebooks. Yeah, I agree. A huge price there for getting against Bristol Rovers. Uh thanks, John. Um who else can we get against? Uh, let's get against Fleetwood, as I like to do over the last few weeks. Warren O'Hara steps into miles of space to score for MK Dons. Tucker, a few chances that we talked about as well. Wolfenden's in acres to slot home after a scramble in the box from a corner against Ipswich. Keep on going back a little bit further. We talked about those George Johnston chances for Bolton as well, all of which puts Fleetwood top of the opposing list for me. They host Sheffield Wednesday on Boxing Day. And I'm going to back Mark McGuinness here at 14. It's a nice little run since November for the Cardiff Loney. Scored once in that run. Delightful little near post run against Exeter, which saw him go close. Similar to the goal he did score against Shrewsbury. Nice, a similar kind of run to the near post, but then a beautiful deft header into the far sticks. That was his first goal since December last year. Talking about Boxing Day system. I didn't think this was a system, but it is interesting how prolific he was this time last year as well. So three and six for Cardiff from the end of November to the new year. You know, if you're filtering Mark McGuinness performance by month, then December's the month probably to back him. Good centre half. Sheffield Wednesday going to see plenty of the ball. Good set-piece delivery from from Bannon. I think it's a good spot for McGuinness. So more than happy to be on the, the 14s against the Fleetwood side that I'm desperate to get against most weeks. Mark McGuinness for me. Uh, next best for you, John. Uh, excellent spot there. The uh, the old bio rhythms or whatever they call them for certain players in mm-hmm. certain months. I'm not sure what my bio rhythm is. I'll, hopefully, I'll find out soon before we <laughs> before the end before the end of the season. Anyway, um, the next best is now. If the first one didn't get groans, this will. Uh, it's uh, Jacob Greaves for Hull against Blackpool, twenty two to one. Wow. Uh, am I crackers? Probably. Um, there it is. There it is. Uh, there, we, there we go. There's one. There's two Two down. Um, now, I, I watched Hull quite a lot live last season and he stood out. A, he's a good player and he, he always looked a threat without being uh, decisive with his last action, if you like. He, he would get into good positions in the box, but he wasn't attacking the ball that well. Now he has he has improved lately, especially lately this season. I mean, he scored two goals, so I've, I've, I may well have missed the wedding here. But he he's someone that I've had on the mind for this fixture for the last few weeks. Now Blackpool, as I said last week, still got plenty of injuries, and it also looks like they might have to make a change in goal here as well, which won't help probably. I don't think there's much difference between the two keepers, but it's another change in personnel at the back. Now, if we look at Greaves in particular. Um, he's actually played a left-back role in the last four games, which doesn't really change the the bet because he's still going up for every set piece. But his last four games, he's had uh, 0.6, 0.12, 0.13 
uh, and a goal and point point one XG figures, which is you know it's pretty good. It's certainly uh, the most consistent he's had in his career. And that's since he's moved to the left-back role now. There's only been a couple of open-play shots in that, so I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but he's getting quite high positionally from open-play, and against Blackpool is going to be basically the best chance in the league for that to show out if it is something. So I think there's a little bit of added open-play chance, not massively. Um yeah, it's more, I've been waiting to get against Blackpool, as I said last week, with Cardiff. It just didn't materialise, but they still leaked 22 shots against one of the most shot-shy teams in the league. So we're going to, uh, and I was I was pleasantly surprised with the price. I, he's not the price as he was last season or even the start of this, but I think 22 to 1, Jacob Greaves is Perfectly acceptable, actually. So Jacob Greaves, Hull against Blackpool. Love it, love it. Um, another one that you put up a few weeks ago, John. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head back to this weekend. A barren run of chances, but I still can't have this loot waterfall price. 18s against a Harrogate side. We've pl- said plenty about it in the last few weeks without getting them to step onto the pitch. Nine goals conceded from set pieces from Harrogate. The, the Jimmy Ball goal comes from a corner against Rochdale. The Smith goal comes from a corner against Orient. Went a little bit further back still. And the only Moxon equaliser for Carlisle is, oh, we're not clearing the lines from a set piece as well. It, it, it's really interesting. I, I imagine there's almost no one looking at this Grimsby anytime market over the last month. But I think it's fascinating. We get to the end of October and we've started to mention... Niall Mayer, who starts to force his way into the side, who picked him up nice and early. Good alternative to Waterfall, who we recognise, you know, just goes off too short for good reason, right? Because this is a 50-goal centre-half in his career, nine last season in the in the National League. Fast forward a couple of months, and now, you know, Mayer's talk of the town, two in four. You can back him at 12s, which, you know, fair enough. But the drift on Waterfall, these goal score firms put in for layers seems far too wide of the mark for me you know good spot for Grimsby good spot for set pieces against Harrogate I think there's there's very rarely you know the, one of the reasons we bet in this market John right is because there's so few truly wrong prices around on any coupon but if you're going to find them I think you find them at the bottom of the anytime market coupon and you know this is this is why we bet in this market I think Waterfall at 18s is one of those um no idea why he's, you know, that's probably double the price he was maybe like a month or two ago. Has he, you know, picking up a few chances here or there? Has he done enough to, to yeah. warrant that kind of, you know, that kind of implied probability? Probably not. Happy to throw my money away at him again this weekend. Luke Waterfall at 18s for Grimsby. Um, hey, some good selections there um, with some good reasoning. It, it, John, anything else that didn't quite make the make the mark for you this weekend? Uh, yeah, I had a look at Sunderland just because they're likely missing uh, Danny Bath, who I think is their leader at the back. Um, he went off with a, I think he said it was a thigh strain, but it didn't sound too clever. Now, Blackburn, Blackburn mm, they're not the easiest to make cases for. Now, if he started, which I don't think he will, Wharton scored again in the cup in midweek mm-hmm. from a corner. He, he's getting a sneakily good record in the limited games he's getting in defence. Uh, one of your old players, um, Dominic Hyam. He oh, scored yeah. against Sunderland in 2019. Ooh, um, okay. So you can, you can tell I've been looking at the history books this week. <laughs> it's uh, about all I've done, but um, probably a tenuous link. But if, if you like that sort of thing, then you know there's a chance there. And I think 
is just make sure that uh, Danny Bath is missing. I think that's quite a big miss for Sunderland because he's definitely the organiser. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I was going to talk about Rotherham earlier, but the I think they're in a bit of a, I don't want to say a shambles, but they're definitely at a, a breaking point with, um, as I mentioned a few months ago, when Matt Taylor took over. Uh, I'm not sure why he's handling Richard Wood very well. And they did the same thing last game. They took him to the match and he wasn't even on the bench. Um, I didn't really understand that. I mean, I know he had, Matt Taylor has said it's due to fitness. And uh, what I'm presuming has happened is Paul Warren just played Richard Wood every game because he wanted to and because Richard Wood wanted to. And I, I'm, I'm guessing here, but I'm guessing that Matt Taylor's come in as maybe is using like more performance metrics and seeing, you know, the running stats or whatever in training. And he's thinking he can't play every game. Um, you know, you, you look at it either way, but there's no denying that since Richard Wood's been in and out the side, they're leaking like a sieve, Rotherham, mm. and they're, they're dropping like a stone as well. Now they're playing Stoke. Mm. Wilmot is the obvious one, but he was missing last week. I couldn't see why anywhere, so I'm not sure what that was about. Um, Harry Suter's definitely had the World Cup tax applied to his price. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, I know he was injured a lot, but he's half the price he was in the, the game before the World Cup just for playing well at the World Cup, which is... Uh, we didn't talk about that much, did we? Like, yeah, it was, it's uh, amazing, really. I did enjoy that little Harry Suter building yeah. him up right during the World Cup. Played really well. Yeah, yeah, he did. I thought I thought the chap next to him was just as good, but he wasn't as tall, so no one mentioned him, um, <laughs> which is quite often. They're, they're absolutely they're obsessed with height on TV. It's um, I find that baffling. I'm, I mean, I'm six foot five, but I'm no I'm no good in the air certainly now. <laughs> so I, I don't expect I wouldn't expect to you know get into a side just because I'm tall. I, I find that that's very what they strong. say about you, though. Your first first two yards are in your head, don't they? You always. <laughs> First 25 yards in my head. I've already mentioned Helek, uh, so I probably will get involved there if he keeps drifting. Uh, that's it, mate. What about for you? Uh, it wouldn't be a weekly podcast if we didn't mention Burton Threats, right? So Sam Hughes, who I know the, the not the top 20 pod have put up as well. Lincoln looks a good spot for him. Forrest Green probably looks an even better spot for Burton on, on Thursday. Um, oh. Nathan Smith, probably the one for, for Vale at Morecambe, who continue to give stuff away. Um, and yes. that something we have kind of mentioned over the last few weeks, the opposing Barnsley narrative doesn't stop because, you know, remember we talked up, um, well, I talked up um, Endarba last week, that went astray for Burton against Barnsley, but Hughes was on the enough last, on the end of enough last week to suggest that you still want to be against the Tykes. Um, Harvey Rogers and Accrington host them on Boxing Day. I thought Rogers, Hughes and Smith was a nice little League One Trixie in good spots for those at a bit shorter prices. Maybe a nice little Christmas present for drunk uncles who don't care what price they have to something out. Um, yeah, I, give, I, give, 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 the, give the slip to them on the 27th when it's lost. They, they, they won't know. That's right. They'll that's see double-figure prices and think, oh, yeah, this, this could be interesting. But uh, I thought of, of all the short ones that you want to put together, maybe they would wonder. I, I, as I was writing that, I just thought it worth mentioning my old man who always texts me when Fraser Horsfall scores because we've got the same surname and we're not related. And he used to play for Northampton, which is where he leaks. So, so he will get a anytime two-plus hat-trick slip to get excited about on them um, to get on Christmas day. Um, we've mentioned Panzo already that we say 25s. Uh, the only other one I had was um, probably the system that we haven't mentioned so far, which is the former club system. I thought Bailey Cargill was 18 to one who's not without a chance. And he returns to MK Dons this weekend with them. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Good, good spot. Um, plenty of action 
John, I think we might be back, right, with a pod before midweek games. See how busy we are. See if we've um, yeah, counted up. If we've, if we've returned the wheelbarrows from Skybet and William Hill, then we might have time to um, to uh, to reflect and look ahead. Um, we, you mentioned about the merch. Santa's already sent me some notebook gifts. So if you would, if you're listening, if you made it this far, which is what thirty two minutes into the podcast, doing particularly well. Um, if you would like, I've still got my hands on a, on a few bits and pieces. If you did want some free notebook merch, just. Uh, just pop a DM to me on Twitter, first come, first served. I'll get some sent out over the new year. But to thank everyone for their for their listenership. It's been a been a good good season. Backed up a few winners already and plenty of listeners, which is good. Um, we're getting better at this, John. It's not as amateur as when we first started. And we're still doing it in December, which is something you, over the years, you cannot have said too often. I have normally got bored by this stage. So I thank you, John, for keeping me on my toes. And almost, almost forcing me to come up with some opinions. That's right. It's a, yeah, it's a Christmas miracle, they say. <laughs> um, John, have a great Christmas. We'll speak again in the new year. Um, yeah, I think we'll. Um, I think that's just about us done. And you, mate. Yeah. Thanks to everyone, and get that merchandise because it could be a collectible one day. You never know. <laughs>